A little bit of an interesting play, though, from them, I think, when we got into this game. Uh, we noticed really, really early on that Sarah Gordon, even in warm-ups, was sort of um, taking some practices with, with crosses into the box. And then within the game, looked like she was being asked to uh, push much higher or get herself way more involved in the attack than she's normally been used to this year. And uh, it was a little odd at first because it's just not something that we were used to seeing. And, um, yeah, as the game progressed, just sort of some disjointedness uh, from the team. But overall, I thought on paper with this starting eleven. You look at it and you're like, get a result, guys. What were some what were some of your impressions of the starting eleven, Claire? Um What were my impressions of the starting eleven? It was good that Di Bernardo got in there. Um necessary. They had I mean, I know, you know, Rory said last week that she was uh game day decision that game, so they were hopeful that they would get more out of her this weekend, and so that was good. Um interesting that savannah mccaskill is continuing to get starts um you know i think she and katie johnson bring different things and and mccaskill had been starting as kind of that number 10 in in the stead of vanessa di bernardo and so pulling her back up to the front line um with di bernardo still in there seemed like she at this moment is the preferred striker up top um, alongside Yuki and, and Kerr. So um thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the big the, – the matchups were – we figured, and, and you called it, you know, it was going to be Gordon against Press and Short against Rodriguez. And the way that kind of manifested was Chicago played very lopsided. They had – Short staying home and Gordon pushing forward. And so really it actually ended up being Ertz versus Press, um, which makes sense. Um, that's the person you want dealing with Kristen Press one-on-one. Um, but they gave it – it seemed to be a philosophy that would have made sense maybe like – and we saw this actually. The team kind of looked like it was their first game of the season – there was something weirdly preseasony about it, and so yeah. the idea that Casey Short is the one that stays home and isn't the one that you want pushing the offense is that feels like a philosophy that would be informed by the very beginning of the season and not actually how the season itself has played out. So um, it was also just it kind of seemed like Chicago was set up. They knew that Utah was in a must win, and they kind of set up to absorb whatever pressure Utah was going to give and then Utah didn't give them any so for the first half until the scoring opened it was a very slow game yeah the vibes were and it was so funny that you know again it was the final regular season home game so you know you get up for those type of games and and we were all there you know those of us who typically um cover the Red Stars within the press box and three of us like me you and 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 John D. Haller and we even like mentioned it at one point we're like god this feels like watching preseason again right when we when we had traveled to pdx to to sort of cover the team and also like the weird com- combination of like preseason vibes and like also um it almost was like utah was the team that was not on short rest it was it was just weird it was just it was just a weird vibe it just the connecting on passages wasn't there the positioning was kind of like I said, just a bit odd, maybe awkward. The the shape and the form the formation just was 
it took a while, right? It took a while. And then it also sort of felt like, well, maybe it won't take a while at all. Maybe that's just, <laughs> that's what just, this is going to be. Um, but it was, it was good to see uh, somebody like Danny Colabrico have a good game with amongst all the kind of lopsidedness and awkwardness. Um, I thought she had a very good game here against Utah Rose. And in fact, to sort of open up this game, you know, Colaprico served in this really great ball and Sam Kerr got on a header and it ended up being this misheader within the first five minutes really to, of this, of this match to open things up. Um, but you know, Barnhart was there to sort of, uh, disrupt things. And that's kind of how it felt for the, the Red Stars moving forward, right. Within this, within this first half, Julie Ertz, uh, as well, additionally with sort of this sort of missed, time header on her own with you know Tierno Davidson serving that in from a free kick um it was kind of the the pitch too was a little bit slick I guess because there was this moment there was this awkward kind of moment within like the 18th or 20 within the first 20 minutes where there was this corner kick and Tierno Davidson went to go take the kick right and she slips on this service into the ball and uh even on slipping in her service she still made like a weird chaotic thing happen um, yeah, she somehow got some really good power behind it, despite yeah, fully losing yeah. her footing. Exactly. So just like also this ball gets in there, uh, Savannah McCaskill sort of almost gets like a shoulder or something it looked like on it. Um, <laughs> took her took her breath away yeah. really, and then it and then all of a sudden it was out for a goal kick. But yeah, like the first twenty minutes of this game, especially, I think were were the part where we were just like, all right, this this looks a little. We don't know where this is going, and we'll see. Uh, but you know, from, from the, like, I think the 20th minute on into, into halftime is where things I think maybe try to, to open up a little bit. Like we had mentioned how, you know, how things look, like you said, a little bit lopsided and then maybe with it around the 30th minute, I think <laughs> unless there was instruction given, we didn't, we didn't hear it. We usually can hear Rory Dames from, from the press box, but yeah, maybe Casey uh, just said, I've had Casey enough. Just said it, I'm done. <laughs> Casey Short said, you know what? This is stupid. Uh-huh. I'm over it. And Casey Short said, I'm going to do what I do best, which has been both defending and attacking this season. So she said, that's a wrap. And she started to push a little higher and press. And there was this really, really lovely sort of uh, one touch give and go between, you know, her and Kerr and Nagasato back to shore. And then she just went ahead and proceeded to just take this ball, you know, through all this open yardage in front of her. Um, getting sort of end line and eventually getting into the box. And again, this has been the story of Casey Short all year, getting in this really nice service, like this beautiful serve in ball. And uh, McCaskill gets contact on it. But unfortunately, you know, Barnhart, the amazing goalkeeper that she is, good positioning, was able to sort of block that out and like uh, save the danger. Um, but that I felt it was just so symbolic to have had that moment in particular happen in this final regular season home game for Casey Short, because I feel like we've seen that a lot. And looking at some of these um, end of regular season stats, specifically for Casey Short, I cannot believe that she's only got three assists to her name. It's like you just wonder if maybe there was some type of, you know, different finishing in front of the net, what she could have ended up with. And we'll get into this further, but a little funny post-game tidbit was, you know, watching and listening Rory Dames sort of take a look at the postgame stats and kind of grunting and like making dad coach noises at the fact <laughs> at the fact that there were like he only was doing he was doing stats comedy yeah he was like hmm yeah and uh I was just like I agree because like especially like you look at that moment in particular like man what a what a 
sort of wasted opportunity, unfortunately. But when you're going up against somebody uh, like Barnhart, that's that's not um, that's not too surprising. She's had an unreal year for Utah, and um, she's such a good goalkeeper. I mean, you're talking a two-time NWSL champ and um, has been through so much and seen so many types of different services her way, which I think is what made these sort of opening goals like so kind of special as we led into to halftime. Uh, the Red Stars ended up getting themselves a free kick. Uh, it was, uh, I believe, Rodriguez with a foul on Colaprico. Uh, Colaprico earned the free kick, uh, serves this ball in. It's initially kind of like very not cleared out all the way, but just outside of the box. And Sarah Gordon does a very, very good job of keeping, being able to keep possession of this ball close, you know, close to just outside of the box. And it ends up sort of deflecting and falling to Vanessa Bernardo, who just gets all of her pace and power behind this shot and just sends this screamer into the net in the 40th minute to finally get the opening goal in this match. And it was such, such a lovely goal. Talk about a return back to the pitch after like missing so many games. What were your thoughts on some of this opening goal, Claire? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit last week about how when Savannah McCaskill was in the 10, she's a very different kind of player in that she's like a shooter. She likes to, you know, keep defenses often uh, honest by getting getting shots off. And Di Bernardo is less of that. She's definitely someone who um her soccer IQ is so high that sometimes she overthinks it, but that also means that she only scores like very nice goals. Like every goal that she scores is an incredibly nice one. And so, um, yeah, I don't know what she saw. If you go back and watch the replay, she didn't have a lot of time to tee that one up. Um, no, it was very it's quick rare for her. It's rare for her just to be like, let's take a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she it was nice it. to see. Yeah, it was great to see. Yeah, for Actually, sure. It was Especially like, uh... too because they had been nothing was quite working. Like the Utah Central defense was holding really well, and it's not like Chicago was like hopeless in front of goal. But it was going to take something like that to really open things up because Sam Kerr really wasn't getting in behind very much. Um, and that was also great to see because um, likely whoever they play in a semifinal knows the way to kind of deal with Kerr, which is not to press so much. Um, so they're going to need other people to start taking those shots. And so that, that was great. Yeah, no, uh, Becky Sauerbrunn was just like, let me take care of this. And she did for the most part. Uh, Sam Kerr had to end up trying to find herself getting involved in, uh, in some other ways, but yeah, that was a hell of an open goal uh, for the wrestlers. It's so good to see, uh, for Vanessa DiBernardo to come back and, and sort of get that under her belt before heading into to postseason. And the vibes are good uh, when you get that first opening goal, but for the vibes are also dangerous. 30 seconds. <laughs> vibes are also dangerous, fam. <laughs> Everybody says it all the time. Those five minutes after that first goal, you got to be on alert. And uh, sure enough, of course, the Utah Royals answered by none other than Miss Kristen Press who ends up getting on this ball that was assisted by uh, John's daughter, serves in this ball and gets a header on it. And I could be wrong on this, so feel free to add me if I'm wrong, but I believe that was only the second time Chris and Preston scored on a header in NWSL. And the last time she did it was in a Red Stars uniform. Yeah, Susie, but, Susie Rance found the gif of the last time she did it, and it was like in 2016 or something. Yeah, it was absolutely on a header. And it was at that same goal. Yep, it was uh-huh. at that same 
<laughs> it was exactly at that single. And I was like, geez, isn't that poetic? And uh, yeah, all of a sudden, very, very quickly, we had a game. I believe my initial reaction was everybody woke up. And yeah. um, everybody woke up just in time to go into halftime <laughs> because that was all she wrote for halftime. And the rest of us and uh, the rest of us in, U- in Utah were locked one apiece. And I believe some of like, my halftime thoughts were also like, man, I really did. I felt some kind of way. I felt some type of way. And I was like, wow, like Vanessa DiBernardo and Kristen Press have the goals here tonight in Bridgeview. I feel like some serious nostalgia. This is like quite a throwback. Um, um, yeah, but it was uh, definitely a good time, I think, for the Red Stars and Utah to head in, into halftime. It just sort of felt like when they were going to come back out, it was just going to be like hitting the reset button, basically. Right. It was definitely no one was winning for very long. Um, and both goals, both goals were pretty nice in different ways. Um, yeah, it, uh, the, the, the vibe of the game was weird. It was, it was definitely like Chicago was not, they weren't trying to do anything crazy. They were trying probably not to get hurt. You know, they were just, they had just clinched and, and mentally it's difficult, you know, if you're not the North Carolina courage to keep up intensity after something like that. Um, and then Utah, and this is, this is you know, every time we have to analyze a game where we don't think Chicago played very well, we have to dip in more to how the other team played because that, you know, is you know Chicago won a game where they didn't play very well. And um, yeah. so Utah is never a team that plays with a ton of intensity. I'm not sure that they, they are not a team that ever really presses and if I'm gonna be honest I'm not sure how you succeed in the NWSL specifically without having a press like in you which is but they do have a press which is Kristen press and um (laughs) she it felt and again like this is you know narrative and editorializing but it definitely felt like Chicago got this great goal and Kristen press was like absolutely not um and she's good enough that she can take over a game in those moments but as we saw in the second half one person can't do it all despite oh my God. you know and and she yeah. so when we got to this beginning of the second half she was fired up she was yeah. dropping back into the midfield to like start plays and then she was trying to do like what we what we see the Bernardo do and what we see like Lindsay Horan do which is she was trying to play make in the midfield and then follow up on those passes to try to also be the finisher in front of goal um she was trying to be available on breakaways she was all over the place Um, she was trying to do everything 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 and at some point it stopped being as useful as it could have been maybe um and that's just something that Utah's got to work on. They got to work on how they're supporting her, how she's working with other people. Like you could see, you can always see with Utah. It's like, okay, these are all like veteran professionals. They understand how to do this. They understand how to play this game. But like, why we got to like the 60th minute, 70th minute. And we were both just like, how is Utah not winning this game? Yeah. Um, And they weren't. And I don't know. I don't know enough about Utah to analyze that, I guess. Yeah, no, I talking about like vintage vibes with going into halftime and having DiBernardo and Press having the goals in Bridgeview. I mean, watching watching Kristen Press uh, come out into this halftime and get locked into takeover mode 
was like a serious throwback. I was true, like, oh man, true, Kristen true. Press is about to. I was like, I've seen this Kristen Press before, covered her for years. I'm like, she's about to like wreck some shit up and like lift up a team. And then it just didn't happen because like it was only one person. Right. Um, it was so wild. I mean, just to just to throw it back to the CRS press era that was that was what was so common about Kristen Press's game when she was playing with the Red Stars so much was asked of her then because uh while she was a younger player then she wasn't as young as some of her teammates were back in the day and so much was asked of her to be kind of that play that playmaker and, and be sort of that that role model and to sort of help the Red Stars almost like you know try to play a bit of a sophisticated form of soccer despite them constantly playing very direct and stuff like that so so watching Kristen Press come out in this second half for Utah it just it just looked very familiar and especially with some of these uh with a couple of these opportunities that they had on goal especially within Chicago's final third it was just so wild to to not see them up you know by another goal within this second half whether it was by Kristen Preston. She had this really, this really great shot. It was like, like a very vintage, like almost Kristen Press type of curler, you know, from just like at the top of the box. And it almost looked like it was going right. in. She had a couple things in. sail. Yeah. Just sort of kind of drifting, right. you know, whites. It's, it's pretty windy. It was pretty windy out it there. It was, yeah. Um, so, you know, there was even like kind of a not, there was a, a really not great moment for Tierna Davidson where she just straight up turned over the ball to, to Amy Rodriguez and there was this sort of 2v2 sequence. Rodriguez didn't see press. Yeah, and then it's just like, okay, well, you know, and, and Alyssa Nair just knew where to stay. She was like, well, I'm just going to stay here because this is coming to me. Right. And sure enough, it did, and that was just, like, quickly diffused, you right. know? So it was just like... And that's, again, man. where it's like, it's not so much Chicago. It's just like, that's Utah's burden to bear right now. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so it was like, it's it's awkward to even, like, think about now and try to, and try to recap this now because it's like, okay, well... Was it more Utah had the better of play? Kristen Press is amazing, question mark? Or was it just that, like, they maybe were sort of kind of breaking the lines a little bit, but not, there just wasn't enough else there besides Kristen Press to help right. push that through? Well, it's you know, like, it's when awkward. You finish, when you finish the game stats and you see, like, this was the thing, this was this was where Rory Dames was doing his, 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 com- his stats comedy, was um, Chicago actually had more shots on goal than Utah did. Um, and, and Utah only ended with three shots on goal and, and that to me, you know, there are two ways to read that one is, um, you know, Chicago bent, but they didn't break. They were able to hit angles that made the shots poorer. I think those things are probably mostly all true, but if we remember the last time that Chicago played Utah and this was not even without the U S players, like we talked about that too, where. Utah finds a way to not hit the not hit the woodwork um despite having good looks and like there was a there was one part there was one moment obviously there was the the goal line clearance from Julie Ertz there was um in that one you watch that yeah Stengel whiffs it yeah, She's they're right awkward there. moments. Awkward moments. Yeah. That goal. Casey Short got a yellow in this car. Right. He was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, and like there was <laughs> another moment where Press was wide open back post, but she like hooks it left for no reason. The whole thing is like, I don't know. I, they were probably tired, honestly. Um, but yeah, it's like I wouldn't even say that Chicago 
I wouldn't say that Chicago was outplayed. It was just kind of a weird game. Good teams figure out how to play against another good team. And great teams figure out how to win awkward games. And I feel like maybe that's a little bit of what came into play. It's all, I can, maybe we can almost even, and, and you could, please feel free to disagree with me, but maybe even the difference within, maybe we have to look at sort of um, the coaching matchup within this game. I like to look at those a lot. Yeah. Laura Harvey versus Rory Dames is one of my favorite coaching matches, uh, matchups. I would even, I would even go um, with Dames versus Andonofsky as well. That's another one of my favorite coaching matchups, but in this matchup, in particular, I mean, even looking at some of the substitutions for Chicago, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's unfair to say that maybe that had an impact within this game. I mean, Utah had, didn't had the make Red Stars, any. Yeah, they didn't make any subs and they were on short rest. Yeah. How do you not do that for your team? That's why they conceded. That was it. Like they just, yeah. it, they just got worn down and that was the one moment and that's all it took. Yeah, it was so it's so weird. I mean, the, the Red Star started making their subs within the hour mark. So at the 65th minute, Savannah McCaskill came off for for Katie Johnson, you know, who immediately made an impact in this game. Uh, you know, Nikki Stanton came on for Vanessa DiBernardo in the 77th minute, and uh, Katie Naughton came on as a defensive sub in the 87th minute for Morgan Bryant to help sort of lock things down. Because as Katie Johnson came on in the 65th minute, she started getting more involved. Uh, within sort of, you know, playing a little bit lower, trying to, like, make some things happen, and trying to feed Sam Kerr this, Sam Kerr this ball, and, and she she did. And leading up into this this second goal that happened, you had you had Katie Johnson in the midfield gain possession of this ball, and she immediately feeds Sam Kerr, who has enough time and space and yards in front of her to get this ball into the box. She does. And Sam Kerr, because, you know, presence of mind, 85th minute, right, has enough sense to know that, you know, maybe she didn't have the greatest game this night. Let me just shoot the hell out of this ball. And she does that. And she puts every bit of power that she has behind this shot. And it's enough to make one of the best American goalkeepers, because Barnard, for me, is one of those goalkeepers, one of the best American goalkeepers of all time forced her to make a shot, but it has so much power on it that she is unable to smother this ball. And it's a flex up for a rebound. And Yuki Nagasato is making this alternate run for Sam Kerr and ends up being able to make this, getting like a sliding toe on it. And it's just enough to get it into the back of the net and beat Barnhart before she can get up and recover. And the Red Stars all of a sudden found themselves up 2-1 in the 85th minute and it was unbelievable it was absolutely unbelievable because I literally reacted and said this game was finished this game was done we didn't think anybody on either side was going to get anything else it was done and Sam Kerr was done done um she you know she had a frustrated game um and the fact that Utah can't give her any chances. Like they just, yeah, it was crazy. Yuki made the perfect cleanup run. She beat, she beat her marker to it. Um, Rory made mention of that. She says, Yuki insists she's getting faster. And if Yuki says it, I believe her. So, um, (laughs) yeah, that was good. Yeah. She, she made the cleanup run. Yeah. It, unlikely the game, it really thought that this, it would have been so funny if it had ended in a draw, 
Um, it definitely didn't seem like Chicago felt like they had to win this game. Um, and then Utah just kind of lost it, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was quite, <laughs> it was quite the finish. It was just, uh, I think we even said on the preview, I believe you mentioned, you're like, dude, what if they get a draw? I and I was like, <laughs> I was like, Hey, bring it. It's a result. Put no, the pressure there's on. There's no Put team. The pressure on Portland. They got to yeah. win out, you right. know? Yeah. And, and, and there's just like no team. Again, they don't know how to draw. This was the game. And yet they failed once again. They failed up and they said, nay, nay, no, not today. <laughs> <laughs> not going to lose today. Yeah. No, it just, it just, uh, it was it was great to see that they just sort of had that in them and were able to just be like, you know what, it ain't going to be pretty, but here it is. It's a win. And uh, they better they put themselves in a better position to potentially host a playoff game. Um, unfortunately, the Utah Royals uh, bowed out of the postseason uh, with the loss against the Red Stars. Uh, they were eliminated from the postseason. So unfortunately, we didn't get a new team to try to, you know, sh- maybe shake up the, the top four as we were maybe looking forward to this year, considering um, how the table sort of shook out towards the end there over the last uh, eight to six weeks. And um, yeah, really, really kind of uh, unfortunate, I think for them um, just because of some of the runs that they went on this year, early in uh, early in probably those first five weeks of, of the season. And then sort of the small world cup run that they went on. And then really this kind of dope run that they went on in August. And then just to sort of, kind of burn out the way that they did um here in September kind of um kind of really unfortunate you know? yeah yeah uh they're an interesting one if we were tasked with analyzing them I'm sure we'd have much more things to say <laughs> yep but unfortunately or fortunately this is a Chicago Red Stars podcast <laughs> we only talk about the Chicago Red Stars baby so the Red Stars had to wait um, for some other things to happen over the weekend to determine whether or not they were going to host a home semifinal. And despite knowing that, and despite knowing that in the back of their minds, we're going to get into some post-game stuff and share it with uh, everybody here. Uh, because the the last regular home you know, game of the home se- of, the, of the season is, is a lot of fun. Like Players tend to be in a little bit different vibes and the coaches as well. Um, so we got some really good post game stuff that we're actually going to share with everybody today in this episode. Some really cool stuff, uh, from Vanessa DiBernard on how she's feeling, Julie Ertz and her thoughts, um, moving forward and Kristen Press as well, because we could not, uh, not speak with Kristen Press who was, uh, making her, her way back. And we got a lot of good stuff out of, out of all of them. Really. I thought Kristen Press, um, just to speak on her for a bit. Actually, we've spoken on her a lot, which whatever, man, she deserves it. Um, yeah, people, it's the fir- I mean, it's the first time back. We'll talk about her less next time, you know? Yeah, people like people got feelings about it, but I know I think you and I sort of like uh, we just love the soccer when it comes to Kristen Press. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, like to be, to be fair, like for me, the, the Red Stars team that I fell in love with originally, that was Kristen Press's team, you know? And, and like yeah. that that doesn't go away, That the, the feeling of, of those memories. And I think, um, despite the fact that she left, I would say that probably even for her, she also has fond memories of that particular time. Yeah, 100%. And, and maybe this is sort of like a bit of a goofy, just sort of failure on our part or just a, a mental lapse. But I mean, you know, had, you had the Red Stars celebrate 
great their 10 years last year. And, you know, maybe we kind of dropped the ball a little bit. I'm doing like a, a best decade 11 for the Red Stars. But True, when you're talking yeah. about putting together, putting together something like that, Chris and Press is 100% on that starting 11. For sure. We're over here. We're part of the narratives that's around the Red Stars right now heading into their semifinals. The fact that they've done it for a fifth consecutive year. And they did it those first three times because of Kristen Press. So much of uh, what the Red Stars were and kind of have become had a big had a big part uh, with her, you know. And so, like, being able to speak with her uh, post game, kind of about that and sort of her return, so to speak, to face the Red Stars. Because we spoke a little bit about that. Um, asked about she's been back to Chicago and been back to Bridgeview specifically but you know as she mentioned in her post game this was her first time playing against Chicago ever in her entire career and uh, she said that she was like full of nostalgia about it and had a lot of love for um, her, her former teammates and I thought it was really kind of sweet how she specifically brought up like seeing so many of her former teammates being from where they were from as these young players with like this sort of good potential. And now there's like these great, amazing players and they're like in starting 11s. And I thought she said, the fact that she said that that made her happy, I thought was very, very sweet. And, um, you know, the, the United States women's national team um, will conclude their victory tour in Chicago. So their final victory tour match is going to be taking place on October 6th. And Chris Press also took some time to speak with us about uh, being able to play the final regular season home game in Bridgeview and then also playing again with the national team in Chicago and how much she loves the city and she can't, you know, wait to, to play in front of the, the home fans again because she said she always had a lot of love for playing in front of uh, the fans here. So uh, it was good to, to have her back. Unfortunately, we had to, you know, discuss a, a loss uh, with, with her team and stuff like that. And then it was also good to sort of get Rory Dames uh, post game. And of course, you know, he got asked about Chris and Press as well. And he said some really uh, good things about um, Chris and Press as well. I believe you, you asked um, those questions. And he just, you know, basically remarked that she's always been special when she was here. And she's, like, going to be special wherever wherever she goes, you know. So just a lot of good vibes. Really cool to sort of see her interact with everybody post-games. A lot of hugs, a lot of smiles, a lot of memories between um, Press and, and her teammates and coaches and stuff like that. So um, that was pretty dope. So... We'll uh, share some some of that audio at the at the end of this episode, so so stay tuned for that. Um, but general vibes, even even though the Red Stars came away with their win and they knew that they had to wait for some other results to see if they were going to host, it just sort of the vibe around everyone. It sort of felt pretty good about what that they felt like they did enough to put themselves in that position. You know what I mean? Um, the mentality moving moving forward seems to be sort of pretty pretty locked in place um even sam kerr um she took some time to speak with us in post game and was her typical sam kerr self kind of joking with the media um as well a bit when we asked her about her performance um you know she she joked that she should that we should all just forget about it you know because it wasn't it wasn't too great and of course um with us being the media in the post game and this being the last regular season match we did ask uh, Sam Kerr about sort of all the stuff that's come out post World Cup and all of the interest that's around her in terms of opportunities outside of NWSL and basically we kind of got a bit of a non-answered where I think which I think you and I kind of both expected right Claire yeah I mean so I'm just gonna I'm going to quote her verbatim she said I don't need to talk about that 
We've got the finals coming up in a couple of weeks, which she's Australian. She means semifinals. Yeah, um, there are finals in Aussie. Um, <laughs> here's my take on it. Um, you know, guys, come to the semifinal. Um, she, if you have a player who's has a lot of speculation around them um, about what their future is going to be, and you ask about it because you have to, they don't want to answer. You know that. Um, all of that stuff. She didn't say I'm staying. And she didn't say that she hadn't made a decision yet. She said that she doesn't need to talk about it. Uh, yeah, but she's not wrong. She's not wrong. But. She's, but. Um, the rest of us have a home semifinal coming up. I would recommend if you haven't seen her play, try to go to that game. It would be quite dope. I think it would be a good game. To finally uh, do that. Treat yourself. You should treat yourself and take yourself to a Chicago Red Stars home semifinal match. And uh, take a look at the supernatural Sam Kerr. Uh, All these players have been uh, truly, truly dope to cover. Uh, Sam Kerr, especially, obviously, with with what she does, you know, both on and off the pitch. Um, I can't wait to... I can't wait to really get a chance to cover this team in a home semifinal. Um, the Red Stars needed a a loss from Portland Thorns, a loss and or a draw over the Portland Thorns uh, final two games. And they had a game that following Sunday against Rain FC. And shout out to Tacoma uh, and specifically Bethany Balser. Uh, they took care of business and they ended up beating Portland Thorns um, two zip. And with that result, the, the Red Stars officially clinched the opportunity to host the home semifinal. And a lot of great excitement is happening around that. Just the fact that there is going to be an additional uh, home semifinal for the Red Stars. Uh, they get to play game 25 in Bridgeview. And, you know, this is the first semifinal that the Red Stars have hosted since 2015 and the last time that that happened Chris and Press was on that team and now it took it took all this time to yeah and kind, they of, got, to kind of get back they got stomped and they got stomped you remember that very well I remember that well can you believe that we were two idiots in that game somewhere and then like all these years later we got together and do like a podcast <laughs> about the yeah we went and we saw that game separately but together and uh, thought yes this is the team that we are going to love yep i'm in i'm all in let's do this yeah no it was a good vibe good vibe shout out to uh amy rodriguez in fact (laughs) of Uh, all people um but yeah but big game gonna be on espn uh, it got announced that this is going to be the afternoon game, right? So it's going to take place on October 20th. Yes. Um, it's going to take place at 2.30 p.m. Central Time. Yes. CT Time, a.k.a. Chicago Time. Yes. So make sure you get the opportunity to come out and check out this game. Um, having been able to sort of be part of a really big kind of sellout, largely attended game in Bridgeview specifically for the Red Stars this year it was a really dope vibe and atmosphere it's a game that probably that we'll be talking about for years that well that welcome back game and I'm really hoping that for this semifinal um, they can do something similarly 
And I know we joke around a lot about Chicago and it being a very sports saturated city and how we were like, LOL, there's a Bears game that day um, and whatever, you know, but there's a lot of soccer loving people not throughout the Midwest who would come out, I think, to a game like this. And that's kind of what happened earlier this season with that welcome back game. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing another another big game. And they've got three weeks to plan. I mean, that's the big thing, which is just like, I mean, we were, we were chatting with staff during Chicago's, uh, during the Chicago-Utah game. And I think even the vibe for them was obviously they wanted to host a semifinal, but more than anything, they wanted it decided that weekend. Um, because if they had had a week to do this, I, you know, they would have done their very best, and I bet it would have been not a bad number, but it's so much better that they have time this to much time. And they get to – there was a possibility that – this U.S. game that's coming up this Sunday would happen, and they would have to say, hey, maybe come to a soccer game <laughs> in two weeks. Yeah. And everyone would just be like, uh, okay. Yeah, that sounds weird, but thanks for this flyer. Right. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's nice to have to have that sort of uh, locked in and that concrete date, right? Um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be a good time. Um, really dope to, to sort of have this final regular season game be a win, right? And have all that enthusiasm and build that up into uh, a clinch for, for the home semifinal. Um, having all the players, uh, you know, go around on fan appreciation night, that was really dope to see everybody interact. Even even the Utah Royals players were really, really dope about about that, despite, you know, having having just sort of their their dreams of playoffs, you know, with, with the way they everybody was uh, really, really dope. Really cool moment with Sam Kerr. Uh, grabbing the cell phone uh, <laughs> and uh, taking all the selfies. That actually playing the made, drums, playing the drums with with Chicago local one three four. And shout out to them because uh, you know talk we talk a lot about the Red Stars and the type of season that they've had today and and in the future we'll we'll have like a whole you know year long recap of this stuff within within the future once everything is all dusted off and settled. But for now. You know, we talk. This is a Chicago, Chicago Red Stars podcast, so we talk about the Chicago Red Stars, and they've had quite a year. But you know, sh- supporters group Chicago local went before. They've had quite a year themselves, and uh, it's been really dope to see all the work that they've put in into making sure that there is a loyal, loving, and supportive uh, fandom and group around the Chicago Red Stars. And um, they've been great in terms of their support of the team, and also in their support of this podcast. So shout out to you guys. Yeah. And- um, hopefully, oh, hopefully, you know, they, they bring the noise, uh, you know, the semifinal. I'm sure they will. Right. I mean, I I was thinking about this today. We've had, you know, we're recording this on Monday night. We've had like a day to kind of settle in with the idea of the home semifinal. And, um, you know, definitely feeling very reflective of that, that homecoming game, that 17,000 homecoming game. And I don't know if that's a reachable number for this particular match, but um, you can tell you can tell the difference in the culture that the extra, I think Chicago has beaten its, it's like a plus 1500 or so uh, right, on their regular it's... season attendance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure local one, three, four can attest. I bet that they have, have grown quite a bit. Um, and yeah, it's not like astronomical numbers, but I do think that like person to person, that 1500 is the most valuable you can possibly have. It feels different. And not only can we feel it, but you can tell that the players feel it too. 
And so not only are they obviously very proud of getting this home semifinal, but they trust that there are going to be people there cheering them on. And that is a part of the culture surrounding this team that is brand new. Um, and that's very exciting. Word. I agree. So next up for, for the Red Stars, um, a lot of, like we're talking about a lot of the enthusiasm surrounding this game and there should be, um, we're going to keep that enthusiasm going on into, into the semifinal. We already mentioned that we're going to have a later, uh, previous semifinal preview, just because we have, again, we have to wait for some other results, guys. The season actually is over for the Red Stars, but not for a few other teams. So the Red Stars are still, they know they're going to host, but they don't know who they're hosting. So there's uh, the possibility of that either being Rain FC or Portland Thorns. So we will probably find out after the weekend of October 12th once those games conclude. And then heading into that week, we will hit you guys up with a very special uh, playoff preview. And uh, I don't know if we feel like talking about the women's national team, we might, but, but again, I we do, always keep it 100. Yeah. I do, want to brief, podcast. I do want to briefly share a very funny moment. Um, after, uh, <laughs> after, after the game on Saturday, you should um, do it where, uh, so John Haller and Sandra and I are like getting ready to it's well, a getting ready to leave the stadium where we then proceeded to talk to each other for like an hour in the parking lot. But as we get ready to leave, <laughs> Uh, we're all like kind of, kind of joking, just like, well, I don't know when the next time I'm gonna see you is. And then John was like, okay, so I'll see you on Sunday. And then yep. all three of us like <laughs> cackled at each other. Where it's just yeah. like, yeah, see you on. So I guess uh, I do know when I'm gonna see you next, and it's gonna be Sunday. Yeah, and now I know I'm also going to see you on the playoff. That's it was right. Pretty, it was pretty funny. It's that's how yo. That's how Chicago we are, man. We just completely forgot about this national team game for like a hot second. Um, but yeah, there's some wrestlers that are gonna, you know, be involved in that. You got Alyssa Nair, Julie Ertz, Morgan Bryan, and Tina Davidson, a part of that World Cup winning roster. So they will be participating um, in that final victory tour match. Um, shout out to everyone who's gonna go to that too, because I'm sure it's gonna be a nice turnout at Soldier Field, um, and hopefully a nice, uh, you know, lead up. Into, into into the home semi so again just for a quick reminder before we close out the episode uh tickets are already available they are on sale there's a lot of great price points for people to, yes. to look at seven eight nine ten dollar tickets um and then you know a number of packages i'm sure that you can uh, look into so make sure you hit up uh, the red stars on other social media channels oh the other thing too and i, I want to say this I, I tweeted this today if you listen to this and you like the NWSL, but you don't live in Chicago, but you want to like help fill seats or whatever, um, you can buy tickets. And then there is, they have ticket donation coordinators at the club, which they then um, distribute those tickets to different charity partners. And then those people um, come to the game. So um, look into that. If that's something that you're interested in, um, I know that there's this idea of growing the game and whatnot, and some people feel like they don't know how to help. If that's something that you think you'd like to do, buy maybe a pair, um, email. On, on my Twitter feed, you can find uh, the contact for ticket donations. Um, that's a thing you can do. So if you're out of market, you know, that's a thing you can do. Yeah, it's pretty dope. And I love that people have kind of, like, I've seen that a little bit on Twitter. Like, people have been trying to reach out on how to figure out and do that. And uh, that's really dope. It's really nice that that that's the type of community that exists uh, with our, around this league and this sport. So, um, yeah, I hope it's a nice a nice turnout. Uh, where can the people find you, Claire, if they want to find all that information? 
Yes. Uh, I guess I have at least one more game to recap <laughs> on Hot Time in Old Town. Um, I think I'm probably going to be writing some stuff around and about. I'm going to be I'm going to be at the U.S. game. I'm going to be you know some Chicago centric stuff. I think most likely I'm going to be doing there and then. Um, uh, for equalizer soccer uh and yeah i mean I'll, I'll say it today my twitter is scout ripley um i'm i'm hopeful you know this is a very significant moment in the chicago red stars history and i would like to do some work on it before this season is over so um yeah you can follow me there yeah word same um it's nice to have these have this final game to have covered um, and the national team game coming up. Uh, similar to both John and Claire, I too will also be at that final victory tour match, also working on Chicago centric stuff. Cause again, we only care about Chicago things hey. here, here on this podcast. Um, I'm going to go up to Julie Ertz and I'm going to say, girl, how are you standing? Like, Hey, how's it going? We just saw you. Are you like still okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Bye. Like that's what it's going to be. So, uh, yeah, you can find that stuff on, uh, for Claire, it's going to be NEKZ. For me, I'm going to be um, on site for Stars and Stripes uh, FC over uh, at SB Nation, the U.S. national team uh, soccer blog there. So check that out. It's still going to be pretty Chicago-centric, I think. Um, but, uh, yeah, shout-out to Hot Time, where you can find the, the previews and the recaps uh, for me and Claire. Shout-out to EGZ. Shout-out to uh, SB Nation, SecondCitySoccer.com, all these great places where you can find out all kinds of different Chicago Red Star stuff. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Sandabrera underscore. That's H-E-R-R-A-H-E-R-U-R-A underscore. Uh, yeah, talk about shenanigans, can't even spell. Uh, but mostly, if you're not into reading, if you're only into the podcast, you should continue the support of that podcast by following us on all social media channels. Uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can do the Southside Tripod with one letter P. And you can also continue your support of this podcast by listening to us. And you can do that on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. So find us, give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review. Uh, that stuff helps us out tremendously when we're trying to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you guys. And uh, we will be back with you all for the semifinal preview. And please enjoy the post-game audio that we have for you all to conclude this episode. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Sarah kept it alive and it just kind of fell to me and I just made sure I got on target. You've been on the IR for the last few weeks. How are you feeling tonight getting some time in with the team? Yeah, better. Um, it's always great to get time out there on the field with the team and um, fitness. I definitely needed to push it. Um, so I gave it all my all and it was great to be back out there. How do you, how do you stay sharp with the break now? Coming to you? injured or sick and then you come back and now you've got two weeks yeah it's it's definitely tough but they we've kind of did it earlier in the season with um right around the world cup we had that bye as well so it's nothing new to us um the staff does a great job at pushing us and making sure our fitness is sharp and playing a lot within the team so um we'll just take some rest if when we can and we'll definitely push our fitness to make sure we're sharp for the semifinals 
But what tonight uh, puts you guys in a in a better position to potentially mm-hmm. host a home uh, playoff? Um, you guys have to wait for some results on that. Um, but as far as the mentality of uh, moving forward for the next playoff match, is it, does you guys have a preference in terms of preparing for here versus maybe having to leave somewhere else? I mean, I think we'd always want to have a home game. Um, we've only done it once and um, didn't work out for us. So I think just always playing in home, at home in front of our fans and on this field, um, that's obviously our number one priority. We tried to put ourselves in the best position we could, and these three points tonight definitely helped us. But we'll just, again, have to sit back and watch what the other teams do. And um, if we have to go somewhere else, it's nothing new to us. So. <laughs> I love how you're at the dramatic word of sliding. I literally think I just like poked it off. I happened to be in the right time, uh, place in the right time. So luckily the shot didn't have too much pace. But did honestly, you, it kind of happened so fast. So I probably have to like re-see it. I don't even remember did how. Did you it even got notice there. who it was that was in front of you? Which Royals player? No. Been honestly, like it happened so fast. Like it just. I was kind of in the position, so um, happy that I was. But I honestly can't even remember kind of what happened or how it got there. I'll, overall, I'll, I'll watch it again. Overall, on the team's performance tonight from the back line, what did you see out there? From the um. Team? I was, well, I, th- I thought it was, I didn't think we gave up too many shots, which is nice. Um, I thought that um, we did a, a pretty good job about being patient. Um, I mean, uh, co- the best part of the game is coming out with a win. I mean, we wanted to have three points. It's our last game of the season. Um, but I don't think we kept the ball well enough. Um, I don't think we were clean enough on the ball um, individually and collectively. So um, we grinded out, grind it out. So I'm happy about that, especially going to the playoffs. You're going to have to play like that. Um, you know, regardless, it goes your way. They're going to be scrappy. It's basically do or die in the playoffs. So. Um, there's positives, but um, I know that we didn't feel like we played our best soccer today. Um, you guys have the victory tour games coming up, but for the Red Stars, big break between now and the playoffs. Have you guys talked about kind of managing that time and how to stay sharp? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we have it down to a T that we think that we have. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good time to get players some time to, to rest that need it. It's also a really good time to get players to really push them as well to, so that we're all sharp and come together. Um, yeah, like I, 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 we've got it down. We've talked about it through, through and through. So um, I think we're all just kind of really excited. Um, coming up a win at the last preseason game, um, also I feel like gives good vibes as well. On top of that, cool. Thank Thanks, guys. It's been a long time since you've uh, made a return back to Richie. What did it feel like getting back out there and playing tonight? Well, I've actually been here a few times well, for the for the national. But team, I have actually well. not been yeah. here to play against Chicago once ever in my career. So it was the first time. So I felt, I felt a little nostalgia to see all the girls and see a lot of players that were kind of like younger, up-and-coming players. And now, you know, they're great players, starting players on the team. I think that makes me happy. Um, I feel like a lot of good memories from my time here. So it was good to come back. Uh, the national team is also going to be back um, mm-hmm. playing on October 6th. Uh, what are you uh, excited about uh, for that matchup? Well, first, I love being in Chicago. It's a great city, so I get to spend a couple days here. So I'm excited for that. And then come back again. Um, it's always, it's always great to be able to spend time in this wonderful city and play in front of these incredible fans. I have a question about Casey Shirley really quickly. Um, so much of her story was, uh, was made of her story this year being left off of uh, the roster, but uh, she's been putting together a very good year as far as a defender. Can you speak a little bit about her performance tonight and this year? Yeah, Casey's a fantastic player. Um, I think it's incredibly difficult to be, you know, one of the, the closest players to making a roster and not. Um, and uh, I remember, you know, when that happened to Crystal, 
and the performance that she had. I think she was MVP of the, the league the next year. Um, and I think that that type of resilience that Casey has shown, having a great season, um, you know, not emotionally letting that affect her, continuing to grow, she has a really bright future. And I think um, she's done a fantastic job with that. Is she one of the toughest defenders in this league? Casey's the best 1v1 defender in the world.